This is Your Bird Story, a broadcast of bird stories told by everyday people about their interactions and relationships with wild birds in cities. This season is funded by the Voice for Nature Foundation. I'm your host, Georgia Silvera Siemens. Welcome everyone. I am happy to have Molly Tenzer on the show today and I'm going to ask Molly to make introductions. Hi, my name is Molly. I make Gyotaku prints of roadkill I find. Could you describe Gyotaku? What does that look like and what's the process behind it? So Gyotaku is a method of printmaking where you make a print directly from the body of an animal and it was developed I believe by Japanese fishermen before cameras to prove the size of the fish they caught Mm. they could uh, paint ink on the body and make an impression and then there's no way to fake that so where did you learn this technique so a friend of mine learned about it and knew that I was into printmaking because I do other kinds of printmaking too. I do lino cut prints mostly separately from this project. And so a friend of mine learned about Gyotaku and they showed me a video of it. And they actually said, what if we did this for roadkill? Mm. And so I do want to give them a shout out, Tape Hernandez. (laughs) They're a really cool artist themselves and they do tattoos. And I want to make sure that they get credited a little bit here. I became familiar with your work because you Mm -hmm. made an entry in this year's Wondercomer. And I have the title, Bed-Stye Rat and Pigeon Gyotaku. Could you describe Mm -hmm. the two pieces for folks? Yeah, it's mostly what you hear in the title. (laughs) There's two pieces. One is a rat and one is a pigeon. And they're both roadkill that I found on the roads in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn, where I live. The rat I made using um, linocut printing ink and roller. So I rolled ink onto it and made a print directly from the rat. The pigeon, I used sumi ink, which is the traditional ink that they used for fish. (laughs) And I painted the sumi ink onto the body of this pigeon that I found, applied paper to it, and made a print from it. I mean, usually I make several prints of one animal. They don't all turn out, but this was the one that maybe turned out the best. And in the case of this pigeon, some feathers stayed attached to the page when I pulled it away. So I left those in. So... When you say roadkill, the rat was actually in the road. How did that feel for you to be in an active roadway doing this art? Yeah, it's always an adventure making these prints. I often spend 45 minutes to an hour with an animal when I find it. I have to move it or I wouldn't be able to make a print, but it was on the side. On the edge, but I often end up doing it at night. I wear a headlamp, like a camping headlamp, and then that's useful to see what I'm doing. And then also, if there are cars coming, I look up for for safety. Okay, it's very consuming the process because I have to be aware of everything going on around me, the traffic, and then I also am very aware of the animal that I'm 
getting very up close and intimate with who has been squished sadly Mm -hmm. but often still take on really beautiful forms in the ways that they the shapes they end up in when they're hit Mm -hmm. I leave them as is and make a print from that it's a very moving process often to be so close to something that's I think humans are fairly naturally somewhat repelled from. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of beauty to be found in. And I'm grateful for the way that when you apply ink and pull the paper away, it's like a lot of the beauty and grace remains and becomes maybe highlighted. Do you do anything additional to the prints? Yeah. After I make prints, I give the animal a burial, light a candle and play the ragtime song, Graceful Ghost, every time. And I also make copies of the prints, like photocopies, and I wheat paste them in the spot where I originally found the animal. Just mm. so leave sort of like a, a marker. Yeah. Do you yeah. add information to that photocopied page? I don't. I mean, I put my Instagram handle where there's more information, but no, I haven't put more information than that. Okay. Maybe I should. <laughs> What other animals have you found? I've done a pretty big range. The smallest I did was a ladybug, Mm. although it's not a very clear print. I think probably the smallest clear print I made was from a a fly. And then the biggest I ever did was from a possum. Okay. A possum found in the city. In Bed-Stuy. Pretty shocked to find that. I found it. I was going for a walk or run at 10 p.m. on a cold night in February, and I came across it, and I was taking a flight the next morning at 8 a.m. So if I was going to print it, it had to be that night. And I went home and rummaged up some paper that was big enough. I had to ask my roommate and ended up making prints from 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. Is that the most unusual animal that you've printed? I guess it depends how you define unusual. Well, I printed a cockroach from my apartment. Oh, no. Well, one day I was walking down the street in Bed-Stuy again and found a turtle. Oh. I don't know why it was there. Oh. Sad. Yeah. I wonder if someone released their pet turtle. Yeah. That is sad. You know, you're more inclined to see these creatures because you're looking for them to make the prints and so you get a real sense of like the diversity of animals in your neighborhood Mm -hmm. particular locations that seem to be more deadly Mm, good question the most frequent times i find animals i know i just mentioned a few occasions where i was on a walk or run but the most frequent times i find animals are when i'm riding my bike that's how i get around most of the time and then you know I'm looking at the road and then I see them so I mean it's sort of like the bike routes I normally take to go to work and yeah there are certain streets maybe where I find them more often than others yeah okay DeKalb Avenue and Leonard as it opens up onto Broadway there's quite a few pigeons there okay so those are two hot spots have people interacted with you while you've been making prints surprisingly little (laughs) (laughs) what do they say new yorkers are good at minding their own business (laughs) yeah (laughs) in that surprisingly little do you have like a strong recollection of any of those interactions 
the possum at 1 a.m. There was a group of people who were probably pretty drunk walking by who were curious about what I was doing. Yeah. But most of the time, no. Most of the time, it's like maybe people, you know, in their cars sort of slow down for a second, but I don't end up talking to them. Okay. And for the prints themselves, like how do people respond to them? Well, I think there's a range. I think that there's often a lot more positive response for the prints than there would be for looking at roadkill. Like there's, it's a lot more palatable maybe than looking directly at the roadkill. Yeah. There's actually a little show of my prints up in a cafe in Crown Heights right now, in Polly's Cafe. Okay. People have an okay time eating their food <laughs> while it's there. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten a lot of positive responses. People really appreciate looking at them i think and they often take the animals just naturally take beautiful forms yeah i think that there's a range from huh to very moved do you portray animals in other ways yes sometimes i paint watercolors of other roadkill or the same roadkill like i also take pictures of the roadkill that i find and sometimes paint watercolor paintings of them okay and I guess in my, my other art project where I make lino cuts, there's often animals incorporated into that, but they're more sort of fantastical from my head. Did you grow up being really curious about animals? Were they part of your childhood? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Just really appreciating them and appreciating nature. I grew up mostly in Vancouver, Canada. Mm -hmm where there's a lot more nature present maybe than in New York mm. or immediately apparently present. Yeah. Not to say that there isn't actually a lot here. And I think that part of my process of moving here and becoming really comfortable living here was becoming acquainted with all of the nature that there is to be found. Yeah. Do you conceive of your art as a way to show people the nature that's in city or like any kind of conservation message or is it for you just about making art i think it's something about moving towards what makes us uncomfortable moving towards what repels us the way when we see something that we think is ugly or repellent on the street we tend to sort of turn our heads but there's a lot of well, beauty and also sadness there. And I think about just spending time with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I saw your piece at the Wondercomer event this year. Mm -hmm. And it was unusual in the sense that the other pieces were of the actual animal. And yours was as we've been talking about, a print of dead animals, but there was a way in which you, like, I don't know, managed to capture the, maybe the spirit or part of the spirit of the animal with your print. So, thank you. Yeah, it didn't feel that there was something missing not having the taxidermid creature. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I think that's kind of my goal. I think that when I see an animal that I want to print, it's because I see something, I see something in it. I sort of see something about its spirit, maybe, hopefully, mm -hmm. that I want to show up. And maybe it's a little bit, I have fewer opportunities to get in the way. <laughs> I imagine, I, I actually, I've never done taxidermy myself, but I could imagine 
that if you have to go through the whole process of sort of taking it apart and putting it back together, that there's so many opportunities for your humanness to get in the way mm. and to sort of influence the final product. Whereas I think that, you know, to the extent that I don't touch the shape or layout of the animal and just make a print from what I see, mm -hmm. it sort of helps it come through directly, maybe, hopefully. Yeah. Have you ever been tempted to put some of your humanness by maybe changing the way the feathers lay or moving the tail yeah that's fair I have like definitely for birds sometimes I'm very tempted to like spread the wing out a little more or something yeah <laughs> and is there a favorite of the printing experiences that you've had the two that I presented at Wunderkammer were probably among my favorite yeah, I just had good interactions with the animals and I liked the way the prints turned out and they both just felt like good experiences. Yeah. And as an artist, do you think this work will be something that you continue doing? I'd like to. Yeah. I just sadly found a squirrel last week that I printed. Oh. Hadn't done a squirrel yet. Yeah. For some reason, I think, you know, there have been a few people who have written about this time of year, and especially in mm -hmm. regards to trees, especially if they're deciduous trees, trees mm -hmm. lose their leaves, and it's this time to kind of rest in nature, yeah. like the sort of natural rhythm, and people do that to some extent. And I mean, I know death occurs at other times during the year, but I think with the fading light and the colder weather at least in the northeast it I don't know that the death that happens here seems to have at this time seems to have a different weight and mm -hmm. I'm curious if you notice anything about the seasons and if that has any impact maybe on some of the creatures that you're finding it does often feel like there are more in the fall but I'm not sure why that is. Yeah. I know what you mean by the weight, though. And then it feels like a bigger emotional haul to get myself out there and print it. Yeah. Well, in addition to the pigeon, have there been other birds that you've come across? Uh, yeah, definitely. Lots of sparrows. And a morning dove. Mm-hmm. And I'm not very familiar with bird species, so I want to make sure I get it right, but or I'm not sure if I'm going to get it right, but I think a thrush. Okay, yeah. Or also, what, what are those ones that are kind of black, but they have almost like iridescent speckles? Oh, European starlings. European starling, yeah, one of those. Yeah. So the work is roadkill. Do you also look on sidewalks? Is it anywhere that an animal is dead in the public realm or is it specific to the roadbed? Yeah, I look on sidewalks or I'm open to looking on sidewalks. I never am looking for it. It's kind of just when I encounter it. Yeah. I'm curious when you think about your approach as being sort of like a accidental encounter versus purposefully picking routes and trying to mm -hmm. find dead animals, is that a choice or something you just fell into doing i think it's just that unfortunately sadly there's lots of roadkill out there okay. 
I don't necessarily need to go looking for it. Mm. I just encounter it pretty regularly and I don't always print what I find because I think I find it more often than I necessarily have time to print it. Okay. Is there a community of folks in the city who are focused on roadkill? I mean, I just finished reading a book called Crossings by Ben Mm. Goldfarb. And it is about road ecology and the ways that roads have not only impacted people, but the really big impact on animal behavior. Yeah. Wow. And there's a lot of attention paid to roadkill on highways, for example. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious in New York City, I think you're the first person I know of who is paying attention to roadkill. In the city, I'm just curious if you have like a group of folks who are also looking into this. I don't think that there's a group per se, but I have encountered several people who take photographs of all the roadkill they see. Maybe we should form a group, but there's certainly many people out there who notice and want to take notes somehow and take pictures of them. I've told people about this project before and they'll pull out their Instagram full of roadkill to show me. Okay. Okay. Like what could you, based on sort of your experience as a cyclist and where you found these animals, do you have a sense of maybe like what the city, like what DOT could do to reduce some of these roadkill incidents? I don't know. Yeah. The roadkill I see in my neighborhood is primarily rats. I am always surprised because I've never seen a rat traveling across a road. So whenever I see them splat in the roadbed, it's always surprising. They're quick. Yeah. But not always quick enough. (laughs) Yeah. I've definitely seen them crossing a road. I actually hit one on my bike one time. Mm. It got away. So I don't know. I hope you're okay out there, rat. But I know it happens. I don't know if I have an idea because it's just this clash between how things should be in the order of animals. Like they should be able to just roam where they want to roam. And then this unexpected addition of this human invention that's lethal. And I also suppose that's nature. Humans are part of nature, but it's maybe new in the history of nature and we haven't adapted. Right. (laughs) They haven't adapted. We haven't adapted. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it certainly seems that because the automobile and wheel vehicles came after us, we are in some senses, we were like born into the automobile age, whereas Mm -hmm. for non-human life, like just the learning curve is is really steep. Um, It's like just really hard to figure out how to navigate. Mm-hmm. something that's so unnatural. I feel like I'm I'm talking about something that I just don't really know anything about, but I'm sure there are people studying and researching it. This is what I mean to say. But it is fascinating the way rats societies exist because of the city also. Yeah. And I wonder, and I know they're very social animals, and I wonder how, if at all, they sort of integrate what it means that some of them get hit by cars or die in other ways. Yeah. I guess humans also have their casualties. That's true as well. Yeah. I wonder like the percent of the reduction in the population from 
Mm-hmm. From Roadkill. I do have a final question for you, and it might be a little dark. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Is there an animal that you would like to print? Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting question because um, there was a little period when I think that I stopped printing for a few months. Because I was starting to feel like I was looking at roadkill from too much of an aesthetic point of view. Mm-hmm. Or I was starting to feel a little bit icky. Okay. And I think it's a fine line because, I mean, you say, is there an animal I'd like to print? I mean, I said earlier, oh, I printed a squirrel. I hadn't printed a squirrel yet. Like, yeah, part of me did want to print a squirrel. But then another part of me feels like, wow, that's icky that you were looking for a squirrel to print. May all squirrels live in peace. Yeah. So it's sort of like... If and when it comes up, then I want to give it representation, but I don't want to be hoping for any particular animal to be hit by a car. Okay. I often have dreams about finding roadkill. I don't know what that means. I might be revealing something very strange on this podcast, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, right. Dreams help you make sense of life. Mm-hmm. So clearly roadkill is part now of your psyche and Mm-hmm. trying to help you figure out how that fits I suppose this is what I've heard about dreams are you able to recite the prayer that you say when you bury the road mm. I don't really necessarily have any set prayer I play I play this specific piece of music okay. graceful ghost by William Bolcom okay. I do say something I usually just it's improvised every time, but I could do a version. That would be great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, well, I could do it as though I'm really doing it, I guess. So I could choose an animal. Mm-hmm. So the pigeon, okay. since this is about birds. And I basically just say, thank you, pigeon, for your life and your beauty and what you contributed to pigeon society and to the world and then also thank you in death for interacting with me and allowing me to take something from you your impression hopefully give you honor and I hope that you're at peace in this burial that's really beautiful thank you thank you for sharing that with us molly yeah my pleasure it was really good to talk to you really good to talk to you too thank you for your questions thank you for tuning in to this episode of your bird story Like, share, subscribe, and we'll see you back here next month.